Welcome to the Big Ticket Clients Podcast, where we feature expert thought leaders and cover the best strategies, stories, and psychology you need to land big ticket clients. Because as you know, you can't catch a whale with a worm. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Pillay with the Big Ticket Clients Podcast, and it's my pleasure to introduce you to Thomas Slaughter. How are you doing today, Thomas? I'm doing wonderful, doctor. And can I just just call you doctor? It just fits you so well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know what? You can call me Dr. Pillay, you know, like Dr. Dre. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm I'm going to put the emphasis on it. Yeah, people ask me, uh, how do you pronounce that? I go, you know, like fish filet, you know, palais. <laughs> palais. Got it. Yeah, there you go. You got that right. But Thomas, you know, with a name like Slaughter, you're one up on me. Okay, you talk about names. <laughs> you got to start with telling us about you, your name, and you are such a successful entrepreneur and fellow podcaster. Um, tell us a little bit about Thomas Slaughter. Oh, great. Great. Thank you for asking. You know, it's so funny. I'm always on my podcast and asking that question to other people. So finally, <laughs> somebody asked me that question. So I get to share a little bit about myself. Yeah. So a little bit about my entrepreneur journey, kind of how it all kicked off. I always had that bug and that itch to want to do something more. And I realized I was in positions as far as career that I was being paid for the position and not the person. Mm-hmm. And I came to that realization when I was sitting down in a meeting. And this is a Monday morning sales meeting. I was a consultant for a large Fortune 500 company. And when I realized there was no authenticity, everybody's clapping, fake, everything was just untrue. And I just mm. saw such a facade and they're just shoving this product down people's throats. And it really irritated me to the point that I got up, I walked out of the, uh, that, uh, that office, I called my corporate office and I called my boss and said, you know what? I'm out. I quit. Wow. And, you know, he's like, well, what are you going to do? And I said, I really don't know. But I mm-hmm. knew I knew enough to start my own company in technology. So kind of with that being said, I walked out. I remember calling my wife and said, I quit. And I was thinking she was going to cuss me. I said, what the hell's wrong with you? You just walked away from six figure salary. What, the, what are you smoking? But she said, you know what? About damn time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so very supportive. Very, supportive. very, very supportive. So, you know, super yeah. important to have supportive people around you as an entrepreneur. So yeah. what I ended up doing is I sat there for about a week. I thought about what I wanted to do. And I said, you know what? I'm a technology guru. I understand mm-hmm. all kinds of sorts of technology, cloud technology, blockchain, all this good stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, I can go sell this. I can start a technology company. Mm-hmm. And that's basically how it all started. And that's how I was born as an entrepreneur. So wow. and to, to that point, I know you mentioned my last name. So my, my last name actually uh, comes from overseas, you know, Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, my folks um, was on a plantation back in Virginia. We, we took the slave owner's name which was naturally mm-hmm. and everything else. And we evolved from Virginia and the way Kentucky and here in California. Mm-hmm. Well, you have a powerful name because when I think of slaughter, I think of winning. <laughs> you're well, going you. you're you're to win this entrepreneurial game, aren't you? Um, <laughs> I'm grinding. Nonstop. Grind- <laughs> yeah. Nonstop. You know, yes. You know, on that note, you have a podcast, you call it the rich man in training. I, I find that just intriguing. What do you mean by the rich man in training? Well, man, I love the questions. I finally get to tell people this stuff. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. <clears throat> so rich man in training, in essence, what I really mean by that, no matter what stage we're in life, we're always trying to obtain some sort of riches. If it be financial riches, if it be uh, health and riches, if it be mm-hmm. family, if it's relationships, we're always trying to develop and build those riches. Mm-hmm. And what I realized after speaking to several multimillionaires, even a couple billionaires, 
it was always some level of riches that they were training, going after. So that was the core concept of rich man in training is to basically become a reporter and to translate or transfer the knowledge from these people to other folks to show them how to attain their true riches. And that mm-hmm. ultimately evolved in creating a entrepreneurial community because a lot of folks correlate riches with entrepreneurship, but riches is more than just finances. Finance is the result of riches. That's what it Got really it. is. When you can find that passion, that thing you're passionate about and truly want to do and succeed at, you can evolve and build upon those riches and continue to grow after more riches and build it upon there. Mm-hmm. No, you know, that that's it's really amazing that you've you've gone through this journey. I hear about this journey so much and it's the same journey I went through. You know, yes. you, you wake up one day and you say, you know, this is not the life I'm supposed to be living. You know, you know, why is it that everybody has to have a job <laughs> and be miserable? OK, <laughs> why can't I just be who I am authentically, as you said? So yes. I want to congratulate you and honor you for stepping out in faith. And as Les Brown says, how you're going to do it is none of your business. You just stepped out of <laughs> faith and you did it. <laughs> um, so, so n- n- now that you're here, right? You, you're, you're, you're full blown, full blown successful entrepreneur. Tell yes. us a little bit about what you define as success. For example, earlier you were talking a little bit about the, co- the concept of recurring income and how that's just a one little way that you can really make a difference in your entrepreneurship journey. Tell us how you went from quitting your job yes. to making monthly recurring income and, and where you are today. Okay. So in my particular industry, and what you're starting to see a lot, you're seeing it through Google, you're seeing it through Apple, you're, you're seeing it through Microsoft, and you're seeing it through Adobe, whomever it may be, where you're paying a monthly subscription, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why they do this. You're paying a monthly subscription because it's predictable. And it can be projected mm-hmm. opposed to a one-time th- fix, no cost. So say, for example, if you get somebody to pay you $10,000 once, what is the likelihood they're going to continue to pay you $10,000 for that for another product down the line? It, mm-hmm. it's, it's likely, but not highly likely. So in my particular industry, we focus on what is called monthly recurring revenue. And what monthly recurring revenue is basically a fixed fee that people pay you on a monthly basis for your services. Now, what I did take it a little deeper. Remember, I told you I came from a Fortune 500 company and I know basically what the lot of them are doing. And there's a lot of Fortune 500 companies. They are reselling other people's smaller business services. So they'll mm-hmm. find a small business and $100 million business, $50 million business, even $10 million business. They like their technology and they'll resell it and they'll do 100% markup. That's mm-hmm. basically what they're doing. So me understanding this, what I ended up doing was, well, I can do the same model, put clients on fixed or on a monthly um, fees. For mm-hmm. the same type of services. So I went to mm-hmm. all these vendors, basically the Fortune 500 company and said, look, oh, is, it, is it exclusive or do you do business with other companies? And they said, well, we do a business with other companies and we're not exclusive. And I said, mm-hmm. great. Well, I have a startup company. I would like to resell your technology. Nice. And they said, OK, not a problem. We end up filling out basically basically like an affiliate um, program or a strategic mm-hmm. partnership type of program. And me knowing what the big boys are selling it for. And as you were saying, the, the, the big ticket folks, what they're mm-hmm. selling it for, I come to a realization that, you know what, I don't have their overhead. I don't have the luxury mm-hmm. box over in you know, Dodger Stadium or over whatever stadium. I don't have all these luxury things and my costs are significantly lower. So guess what? I could, mm-hmm. pay, I could price my products for half of what they're pricing theirs for and still make a healthy margin. Mm-hmm. So what that ended up doing for me, it made the conversation easier. So I started going and calling on people and said, look, if I can show you I could provide the same service, if not even better, for half the price. Would you be willing to have a conversation with me? Yeah, and, and that was a no-brainer. Can't refuse. <laughs> <And offer they laughs> that, 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 that was a no-brainer. 
Yeah, yeah. So that, I was able to go ahead and get those meetings and I was able to show the value of what mm-hmm. my company can do compared to these large enterprises and how we're going to go ahead and give the clients the white glove treatment that they deserve and deliver the same services that they're getting from those particular bigger enterprises. Mm-hmm. And that was just a no brainer. And what they ended up doing was them signing into recurring contracts where they're paying me about a thousand to $4,000 a month. And if you put the math to it, that $1,000 a month, think about it. $1,000 a month is $12,000 a year. Yeah. And from, from 10 clients, you're done. That's your six figures from your old job. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the six figures. Yeah. In, in tech world, your markups are really honestly is 60, 60% to hundred percent. That's what your tech world is. So my margins are healthy 60% in the services I provide. How would you love to do that? That you do a hundred thousand dollars in business and you keep $60,000 of that. Yeah. And that's only from 10 clients. Now let's say you got 20 clients. I mean, you're, you're doing enough volume where you're making four, five times what you ever made in the corporate world. It is truly an amazing thing. And it's a secret. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anybody the secret. <laughs> I know. Now, now uh, on that note, though, uh, on the note of being a secret, let's reveal it. Tell yeah. us a sense. Give us a sense of who your ideal clients are. Um, you know, and, and, and what challenges they have when, when you meet them so that you, you know, you can solve those particular problems. Who are your ideal clients and what problems do they have that you're solving? So my ideal clients are businesses. We do B2B, so business to business type of services. Mm-hmm. And we look for clients that do about $30 million in revenue. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the type of services that we provide to them is cloud technology. If it's be Amazon or Azure services, or mm-hmm. we provide them help desk type of services. So, you know, people, companies need IT services, right? Mm-hmm. And with those IT services, they like to pick up the phone and call somebody to fix their mm-hmm. problems. So we provide those services. On top of that, we do digital marketing for companies as well. So back to the client profile, they're about $30 million company. So they're big enough to be able to pay the $1,000 to two, $3,000 per month, but they're not big enough to pay a expert or two experts or three experts, $100,000 a year. So yeah. me understanding this, instead of paying $200,000 for a couple bodies, we could deliver our services for say $30,000, $40,000 a year to them. And the reason I say $30 million company is because they're kind of on that brink. Now, some companies go a little bit higher. So say, for example, like our digital marketing clients, they get up to the $100 million in revenue, but mm-hmm. they don't want to hire a full digital marketing team. So mm-hmm. they go ahead and pay us a monthly recurring revenue model and they pay us whatever $1,000, $2,000 a month for us to do their digital marketing for them. So what that does, it works a great relationship and those relationships are great because they're strategic relationships. And at the end of the day is we're delivering a service for them at probably half of what they get, what, what they end up paying a big box or a big, you know, uh, <laughs> a big ticket company. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And in fact, you know, on that note, um, this is so fascinating. The idea that you found this powerful niche, you know exactly yes. who your customer is, which by the way, is one of the, the, the challenges a lot of people have is who exactly is my customer? You know, you've <laughs> defined that, you know how to find them. Yes. Tell us what, what is your process for solving their problems? So, you know, as you probably uh, know, if you don't have a system, mm-hmm. um, everything just sort of falls apart really quickly. What is your process for solving, for taking them through the changes that go from A to B for your clients? Excellent. So what, what we do is, is, is called, you know, um, gap statements per se. That's, that's what it basically is. So what we end up doing is I'll sit down and say, Hey, Mr. Customer, um, I'll, I'll kind of walk you through kind of a quick three minute kind of sale process. Mm-hmm. I get the meeting 
And how I first got in the meeting is I reached out to him through if it was a cold call on the phone or if it was an email through my email marketing campaigns and they reach out to me and they mm-hmm. say, yes, I want to take a meeting to talk about whatever service. So that's the yeah. first indicator to me that, hey, they got some pain points. Mm-hmm. But my job now is to find out how much of a pain point it is and if there's a compelling reason for them to transition and come to me and do business with me. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I will ask them open-ended questions. So I'll ask them, hey, so um, how easy is it for you to get a hold of your, your service provider today? You know, mm-hmm. and they'll tell me and I can get a gauge of by reading them how, how easy it is and kind of their pain there. Mm-hmm. Then from there, I'll dig in a little bit deeper and said, hey, for example, use um, backup for your service, for example. I uh, ask, do you get a report on a daily basis for your backups? And they'd be like, no, and we actually don't. Then I go in a little deeper. And remember, I'm mining, okay? Yep. And they say, well, how do you confirm that your backups are actually functional, operational? And they'll turn around and they'll sit there and say, um, well, we don't. So you take kind of a blind stance and trust in your vendors doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Then I'll lead in with a compelling story. And mm. for me, I'll sit there and say, look, and this is real life. Seriously. Mm-hmm. I have a client of mine. They were telling me the same exact things. OK. Um, and same backup situation. And they're like, no, my best friend, he's been supporting us for all these years. We haven't had no problems and everything else. And I said, so you're comfortable um, having blind faith that this person's taking care of everything that you, you're asking. Oh, yeah, he's my best friend. When they say a week later, they got hit by a you know crypto virus, crypto lock type of um, software, <laughs> locked out everything else. And mm-hmm. so come to find out they their backups were corrupted and had not been functioned for six months in the last 20 years worth of data. Wow. So wouldn't you think that's a hell of a compelling reason for them to want to change? So with that being said, he remember our, my questions and my conversations. He called me, said, hey, I need to talk to you. It's an emergency. Long story short. We went through the process. It ended up being a $3,000 MRR for me um, because we took over all their technology. We took over, over everything for them. Mm-hmm. And now I have, I give him good value because he gets reports every day. He gets reports um, every week. I meet with them. I show him how we check the health of his backups. And mm-hmm. I explain to him, these are the same tools that these large companies are reselling to you, but I'm giving to you even at a fraction of their cost because I don't have that overhead. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, back to my point. Ask questions. Be naive. Don't mm. act like you know the answers. Let them tell you the answers and let them come to a realization if it's today or next week that, you know what? He has some valid questions and yeah. sometimes ask him, no problem. Hey, why don't you ask your digital marketing person to tell you or show you the Google analytics on how well those Google ads are doing? Mm-hmm. Um, I have another client. I just signed yesterday, $2,000 in my R. Same situation. They're like, hey, Thomas, we're doing all this SEO. We're doing all this Google Analytics and everything else, but we're not getting any leads. Okay, do you get the reports from the Google Analytics and do you see what the click-through rates are and you've seen all that stuff? Well, no. Well, what does your digital marketing person do? Well, we don't really know. He says he's doing SEO and we're paying him, well, I think, $1,800 a month. And I said, well, for extra $200 a month, if you pay me $2,000, extra $200 a month, mm-hmm. how would you like it if I was to sit down with you weekly and show your analytics and show what's working and what's not working? Yeah. And these are things you have to do. Ask questions because they will come to a realization by asking good, educated questions based on their answers. You, they will start realizing maybe that person's not doing such a good job or maybe wow. we should go a different way. 
You know, I really, really enjoy your emphasis on questions and yes. your emphasis on story. Because yes. it sounds to me like the, the, the story you shared with that gentleman, that one yes. example, really was the thing that brought him in, into the picture of, <laughs> oh, I need to work with Thomas Slaughter and his team, yes. you know? Um, that's, that's really powerful stuff. Now, um, if, if people are listening to this and they're like, wow, you know, he's, he's thrown out these big numbers. He's got the big successful clients. Yes. How on earth do I go and get big ticket clients? What do I do to transition myself? Do I have to change my product? Do I have to change my thinking? Is it my marketing? What do I need to do just at a very basic level to start moving toward bigger ticket clients? Well, these are all phenomenal questions because these are things I've had to go through. So remember when I first started, I was like taking anything. I'll take $50 a month if I could. But I yeah. started realizing when I do return on investment. So anybody who has clients, you really need to do what's called return on investment on the client. Basically is how much is costing you to support that client by you know hard costs, whatever services that you're reselling to them. And um, also maybe some of those variable costs, the amount of time you're spending with them and come to realization, hey, is this client really worth it? And I started realizing a lot of the clients weren't really worth it. So the first thing was my thinking. I had to change my thinking and rearrange my thinking and say, you know what? I have a service that deserves or can provide more value than the next man, but I mm -hmm. should not be selling it for this little. I need to actually increase it. So that was mm -hmm. the first thing was me arranging my thinking and coming to realization that I'm worth more than what I'm doing right now. Nice. Okay? Nice mindset. That's mindset. That's the very first thing because a lot of us yeah. go in there scared and we're going to take, we'll, we'll just get beat up and take whatever that client wants. But remember, you're there to help them. Mm -hmm. Without you, think about where they want to go. Are they going to go? They're going to go back to that high price, big no company that's going to charge them all this stupid amount of money and not deliver the service that you can deliver. That's mm -hmm. why small businesses, I think, can deliver a better service than a lot of time bigger corporations because we are mindful of those clients. So understand that you're going to give them better service. And because of that, you should get paid better. Now, maybe you're not going to get paid as much as those big companies, but you could get paid very well and very healthy. So when I changed that mindset, I started realizing, okay, I need to start firing the clients that don't value my service. That's <laughs> so, the first thing. So, so, so question number one, sorry, step one was change your mindset. Step two is yes. fire everybody. <laughs> That's it. So start firing. And it's a scary thing because you, I know, you, I know. You, you, want, you want that revenue. You're like freaking out, right? Yeah. But that's okay. If you start valuing yourself. And you start putting your price at a level that makes sense for not just your client, but for you. Call it a win-win, okay? Everything mm -hmm. you go into should be win-win. Because mm -hmm. one thing, if you go into a situation that's not a win-win, which is a win-lose on either side, that relationship is going to crumble because one side is going to become unhappy. If you Absolutely. are a provider and you're delivering a service and you got this client who's just taking advantage of you, don't you think you're going to be unhappy? Yeah. And vice that's versa. That's Go ahead. No, yes. No, no. I was going to say, no, I, I really appreciate that whole win-win analogy because yes. if you think about, um, you know, going after uh, clients and being afraid to ask them to pay you mm -hmm. what you're worth, you, you, you end up, you'll be unhappy. You won't want to service, you know, that client. Right. And actually when they pay, they come ready to work, right? They, yes. they come ready to implement, which is what you need, right? Yes. Absolutely. So, and so it's a win-win to ask people to pay more, believe it or not. <laughs> it is a win-win because like you said, you're not going to end up, it's going to hurt the relationship. It's going to hurt the service because you're going to not feel very compelled to give them the service that they're asking for because you know that they're not paying you what it's worth. Mm -hmm. And it, it really doesn't do anybody any good. So it's okay to sit down with the client and say, look, Mr. Client, and I've done it. I've talked about my margins with clients. I broke it down mm -hmm. and said, look, 
this is what it takes for me to really service you and deliver this service particularly to you, Mr. Client. Okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you feel it's a high cost, but if you go down the street to Joe, you're going to pay this much more mm-hmm. and he's going to give you less service. So you have to explain this to them because if you don't explain this to them, they don't understand the value. And sometimes whatever it may be, if it's coaching, if it's um, IT, whatever it is, sometimes you have to very clearly define what the value they're getting out of it because they may not realize it. Mm-hmm. So important that you always sell on your value. Never sell on price. Never sell on you no know, whatever else discounts. Always on value because if you sell on price and you're selling on discounts, guess what happens? They're going to keep grinding, grinding, grinding until you become un- unhappy and the relationship falls apart. I know yeah. this because I've been through it. And yeah. I'm just telling you from a perspective of if you want to get into big tickets, really, mm-hmm. then now it's time to play the value game. And you yeah. know what you're worth. And if you feel you're not worth that much, then you really need to get out the business. Yeah, you, That's need, the truth. To, you need to go back to small ticket. <laughs> you need to go back to small ticket. Now, this is the kicker. Once, once, okay, you get into big ticket items and you go ahead and break that seal. All right. You got to deliver. You got to deliver. You're 100% mm-hmm. correct. And when you deliver and you come to a realization, I can do this at this price. Guess what? It's going to become, I, I, I always say, you know, it's a, what, what they say, it's a law of attraction. It really mm-hmm. is. That's what it is. And I don't know what it is. It's like something in the water now. When I start realizing <laughs> I'm valued this month, whatever the case is, the law of attraction. And just the other day, I sat there and just threw a crazy number out there. I swear I did. You know, mm-hmm, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, great. I see what the client's asking for. Honestly, the business, okay. I, I wasn't like thirsting over the business. I wasn't like, oh, I need to have this business. So mm-hmm. I was talking to a friend of mine, you know, Mario Martinez, and he was talking about setting the price and see how, how far you could push it. So mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to see how far I can push it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They never questioned the price. Yeah. And they pay me premium. So I'm mm-hmm. sitting there looking at myself. I got like this list of clients. And yeah. I said, man, if I did the margins the way I did on this one, I would be probably making an extra X thousand dollars per month on MRR. Mm-hmm. But it was something he told me, he taught me just not too long ago. No, I, I have, I, I just, I'm so happy that you've sort of put a spotlight on the importance of changing yourself first. Yes. Um, because if you don't have the expectations of that kind of that level of success, they just won't come. It, it all starts here. But, you know, another thing I would love to to find out from you, because I find you to be an incredibly dynamic uh, marketer of your products and services. In yes. fact, you're selling technology, but you've got the personality, you've got the <laughs> podcast, you've got, you know, the, you know, we, we were talking earlier about um, uh, another gentleman that we know of that is very successful who sells. Yes. Almost, he sells the sizzle, but he's also got the steak. Um, tell, <laughs> t- tell us a little, and, and, and I think I'll go ahead and mention Billy Jean. Um, yeah, we, Billie we Jean. both know him and, and there are other people. There's, there's Todd Brown, who I think is very dynamic gentleman. Um, there's Russell Brunson. A lot of these guys, they've figured out the path to selling stuff using their personality, their charisma. Um, and you are definitely like that. Tell us a little bit about how you're selling technology, which to some people is just boring and tedious, but you're, se- you're making it exciting. How do you do that? Well, one, you just have to have a passion about it. Nobody's going to want to buy anything from you. And I know you're going to get sick of hearing people say passion, passion, but it's real. You know, it, it, it truly is. And people can feel your energy when you talk about something. So if you're going to sell something, you really better believe that this is the best damn product out there. And this is the best you know, service that you can give to the client or the client can buy from anywhere. If mm. you do not truly believe that, 
is going to put a chink in your armor. They're going to wow. sniff right through it. Authenticity so, sells, right? Authenticity <laughs> sells. And that, that's true. Don't go sell. It's so funny. I get all these people who send me all these messages about Forex and all this other crap, whatever the case is out there. Yeah. And I'll, first thing I do, I look at their Instagram. And I see they're not passionate about this. They're posting, they, you know, they, they're posting fake pictures of Ferraris and everything else. They're, they're not real about this. This is bullshit. Excuse the language. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> that, that, that's the truth of the matter. And yeah, yeah. that's the first thing I do. I look at that person's profile. If it's on Instagram, LinkedIn, even their Facebook. And mm-hmm. I, I see their Facebook. They're, they're living with their mom, playing with a little kitty. But they're telling me they're making $5 million. Come on, man. <laughs> Come know, on, you know, man. You know, you know what's interesting? I, I really like the distinction you've made between someone who's got a Ferrari or a or an airplane <laughs> or a, a, a Bentley yes. parked in the bar in the back. And hey, maybe they maybe it's theirs. Maybe they rented it. We yes. don't know. But are they more passionate about the Bentley and the Ferrari or about the topic that is changing people's lives that they're trying to teach? And you can tell the, those people who are just trying to prove they've got money or, yes. or flash dollars at you versus those who really know their topic and love it. I love that distinction. Thank you. And thank you for sharing that because I could do it. Don't get me wrong. I got my Audi. I got my BMW sitting out there and I got the beautiful home. I got another home over in Henderson, whatever the case is. I could do it, but that's not what's important to me. Yeah. So remember, one is the passion for what I'm selling. Yeah. And if it be my digital marketing services, it be IT services, or even now the rich man and training brand, I am passionate about that. But the second thing, I'm passionate about helping others legitimately. Yeah. So when I sit down with a client, they can see it in my eyes. They look at it right, right in my eyes. They can feel <laughs> it from my heart yeah. that I care about their success. Mm-hmm. That's the second thing to the formula. One is passion about my product, my services. Two is my passion about my client's success. Mm. And when people can feel that, it's coming from energies there. It really is. They can feel it. Absolutely. They can feel that energy. Like me right now, I feel the energy talking to you. Yeah, it's coming out. I feel it. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're like, you're buzzing. It's like, woo, yeah. I want whatever he's got. Whatever you're drinking, <laughs> can I share it with you? By the yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Starbucks. By the way. I, oh, it's a Starbucks today. Okay. That, that's cool. By the way, you are an author. Um, we haven't yes. talked about your books, but, um, are there any special books that you're currently writing or that you've just written that you want to share with us? Yes. Yeah, so, so first thing I want to talk about the books that changed my life, gave me some perspective. It's mm-hmm. two books. Well, actually three books. Mm-hmm. One is Think Growers by Napoleon Hill. Oh, yeah. That's on that top is, of my list. If you have to read that book, it gives mm-hmm. so much perspective on the way you should think, on the mm-hmm. collectives, on the efforts and everything else for you to grow your business or even change the dynamics of the way you're thinking to become successful. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two is a book called Science of Minds. And I can't remember the gentleman's name, so sh- shame on me, but look it up Science of Minds. Science this is a in mind. Yeah, Science of Minds. Oh, of this is, okay. Yeah, it's more of a theology book, okay? Mm-hmm. But this guy, he puts, you know, the, 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 the full perspective and scope on basically how we're all connected together. And if you can shift your energy dynamically mm-hmm. through whatever it is, you can have whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And that's because of the energy where the case is. And he even ties it into God and everything else and how we're all one. And I just love it because it's a Christian book believe it or not. And, but this guy is uh, kind of a scientist as well. And he does a phenomenal job of articulating on how we are all connected and think of it like this. He says, you know, if you toss a, a rock onto a, what's called a lake, you know, like a little stone, you see the ripples, right? And with those particular ripples, you see the impact it has going across that lake. 
Well, think of it the same way with you. Whatever you're selling, what you're doing is going to have an imp- impact across the community and across other people. That's what is going to end up happening. And when you start realizing the impact you're having amongst those around you, you're going to be a better person and you're going to be a better company and you're going to de- deliver a better service because you understand the impact it has. My service is not just about this company, about myself. It's about the people who work for that company. Yeah. And, and I, I, I have seen the most successful people financially and otherwise. Yes. Always go back to develop yourself. And so I'm hearing Absolutely. that from you as well. Now, you, you had talked about the, the books, some of the books that influenced you. Yes. Are you currently working on your own book right now? Or do you have one that you've written that we can talk about? Absolutely. So I have a book called Rich Man in Training, mm-hmm. The Seven Pillars of Tenure True Riches. Ooh, this book, I like that. Okay. And just to give you a little bit of background by myself, I, I was a kind of, I was, I was a rude boy when I was a young kid. Okay. Yeah. Spent a lot of time in and out of jail, juvenile facilities and everything else. And there's open and honest, all full disclosure. I keep it real mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. I got myself caught up and spent about four or five years in prison. Mm. And as a result of that, you know, I had to, you know, you hear about brainwashing, right? Mm-hmm. I had to wash my brain. Mm. That's what I had to do. I had to unwash all the crap in the junk to reestablish and re reinvent myself and redevelop myself to find success and to go on to graduate top of class in business and MBAs and Mm. all this other stuff. I had a Mm. transition. Okay. Well, Mm -hmm. I wrote the book, wretch man and train the seven pills to your, to obtain your true riches, articulating the steps I took to transition from M8 T 11199 to going Mm -hmm. into corporate America, building a phenomenal career, running a $70 million operation to Mm -hmm. evolving and starting my own business consulting firm to help other companies and entrepreneurs find success through technology and marketing. Wow. Okay. So first of all, this should have been the first story because now you got me on goosebumps and it's like, you know, it's like we're getting close to the end and I'm like, let's just get started. Let's start all over. Yes. First of all, Thomas. Yes. My brother. Yes. Okay. If, if you don't mind me calling you that, I feel so- I, All love, brother. So, all love. Oh, I for you to share- such a powerful story of of life. I mean, look at <laughs> inmate T one 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 nine. Look at you now. You know, yeah. I, I have to say that first of all, I admire you using the words "rich man in training" not only on your book but yes. on your podcast, and you are not ashamed or afraid of your story. And let me tell you, your story is the most powerful thing you have. And I, I know I'm being a little preachy here. Please forgive me, everyone. I'm really excited here. Preach, brother, preach. <laughs> but thank you so much for sharing that story because it, it yes. moved me, you know, almost to tears, you know. Not going to go that far for you right now, but... <laughs> it's okay. I, I cry but, all the time. <laughs> but but to, to tell us a little bit about what it takes to, to just find yourself at nothing, at zero. Yes. Yes. And you wake up and you say, no. I'm going to make something of myself and look mm-hmm. at what you've done with that. What is that journey like? Absolutely. So uh, let, let me tell you another story because I love telling stories because it gives context to why my mind changed. Mm-hmm. So I remember sitting there, I uh, just, you know, was in a riot and I was stabbed five times. I was in the hole for about three months and I got transferred. I was, you know, I was already 200 miles away from my family. So it was a little difficult for my, my uh, girlfriend, who's now my wife today, to come visit me with our brand new daughter and everything else. Mm-hmm. And um, I get transferred because as a result of being in an altercation like that, they transfer you because they got to keep people from you know, trying to hurt each other in the future. Mm-hmm. So they send me far. They send me to Northern California, about 400 miles away from where I was at. So it made it even a harder hardship 
for my girlfriend to come see me and for my parents and everybody else to come see me. And must have, mind you, they haven't heard from me for months because I was in the hole and um, mm-hmm. they didn't really know what's going on. They got a call like down. Oh, he was stabbed and blah, blah, blah. blah. Okay. So they're freaking out. So mm-hmm. I get up there and as soon as I get out to the yard and I get on the phone and make the first phone calls to my mother-in-law, you know, she's like a mother to me. Mm-hmm. And I get her on the phone and she's like bawling. She says, Thomas, seriously, you have two beautiful women who need your guidance. Mm-mm-mm. And I remember I could feel kind of my, my body just shaking, my heart crack. Mm. And at that moment, this is when I learned a very valuable lesson and a lesson I carry to this day. If you live for something greater than yourself, if you do something for something greater than yourself, you will ultimately become great. Wow. And when I come to realize that it's called find purpose and finding purpose is not money. Finding purpose is not cars, not homes. Mm-hmm. As I said, that's a result of you succeeding by obtaining your goals and purpose. Mm. So with that being said, my little girl, who I'm very proud to say she's starting her own tech company. She's a college student. I pay a lot of money because I got the money to put her in college. Yeah, but absolutely. I'm happy to say that I found my purpose, my personal currency. Mm. That allowed me to transition. And must I mind you, transitioning is internal, change is external. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when elements change, you, tr- you must transition, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as a result of my element, my exterior elements changing, I had transition and say, this is the transition I want to change those elements. So remember, transition can go two ways. Mm-hmm. It could be an external change that causes you transition, or it could be internal transition that causes you external to change. Got you dig it? it? Yeah. So that was the first thing. Me coming to realize that I have the power to transition myself to change my external elements. Mm-hmm. That shifted me from MAT11199 to mm. being the CEO of a tech company and running a freaking uh, brand, Rich Man of Training, with over mm-hmm. 17,000 followers now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Over 17,000 followers who truly believe in me because they see I'm passionate about changing my external elements because I transitioned for success. Well, you know, um, there's a saying I have on my wall here. It says yes. a leader, a leader is one who knows the way, yes. uh, goes the way yes. and shows the way. Yes. So you've, you, you know, the way you've gone the way and you show the way. And that's why you're successful. You have gone from the struggle to yes. the success. And so I, I am just overwhelmed with joy for you. And, oh, thank you. and I, I can, I can feel your energy and your authenticity. And I just want to thank you so much for sharing that particular story because, yes. you know, it's funny how we, we provide technology services or coaching or training services. Yes. But at the end of the day, okay, it is our story of becoming yes. that really captivates people. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Now, if people want to, you know, reach you, find you, connect with you, hear more of your stories. <laughs> What's the best way to connect with Thomas Slaughter? Excellent. So um, the major ways is um, Rich Man in Training. Okay. So follow me on Instagram at Rich Man in Training. Mm -hmm. You can't miss me. I'm the big old guy with the smile next to a money tree. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay. Um, On Facebook at Rich Man in Training. Again, Uh you can find me there. Um, Mm -hmm. On LinkedIn is Thomas J. Slaughter. You can find me on LinkedIn. And um, if you want to look me up on my website, it's www.siconsultinggroup.com. Okay. That is my mm-hmm. technology digital marketing company's website. Or if you just want to just, hey, follow me for the purpose of learning about entrepreneurship and going through the journey and just getting good tips on business and ideals and getting those golden nuggets, 
then you can go ahead as well as um, follow me on those social media platforms, as well as check out my Rich Man Training website, which is www.richmantraining.com. So yeah. those are all the different ways you can find me. And don't hesitate to DM me directly. I talk back. So feel free to talk to me. I appreciate that. And, and I will have all those in our, in our show notes. Um, yes. In closing, Thomas, I, I just know you're going to have a good one for us. So I want to ask you, what is the number one thing you would advise people who may be struggling with finding their authentic place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're someone who's done it. Maybe, yes. maybe they're stuck in the corporate bubble and, and uh-huh. they know there's a better thing inside of them. How would you encourage them to take that first step? What, would, what advice would you give? To take the first step and, you know, the, the, the form of transitioning is really, really, really sit back. And this is something, you know, let me just take you through kind of an exercise that I particularly do. Mm-hmm. It's called a mindfulness exercise. Mm. And I do this. So what I do is I do what's called see, hear, feel. Mm. And what see, hear, feel is, is this. I will look around. I'll see all the elements around me. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll listen to the birds chirp, to the lawnmower going. And I feel, I, I feel, I, I, no, I look at how it makes my body feel. If I tense up, if I loosen up, does it make me happy? And I record this. Mm-hmm. So as a result of that, when you walk into that office and when you see here and you feel, if you feel tension, mm-hmm. then you're in the wrong place. Mm. Okay. You should feel excitement, energy. And now you need to be very cognitive of how you feel in certain situations. Mm-hmm. And when you feel that euphoria in a situation, you know you got it, and that's where you need to transition to. Wow. You heard it here, folks. Uh, I just want to say, Thomas, thank you so much for being who you are, being yes. the force of nature that you are. Yes. Okay. Um, and I just hope everyone will get a hold of you and connect with you. Um, yes. More success to you, my friend. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Love it. You know, and you just uh, such a phenomenal person. And I just can't wait to just continue to do things with you. Okay. All right. Take care, man. It's been, it's been wonderful. We'll see you. Thanks for tuning in to the big ticket clients podcast. For more episodes and strategies, visit bigticketclients.com. That's www.bigticketclients.com. And remember, you can't catch a whale with a worm.